this is uh, Joel uh, with Taproot Therapy Collective. I'm here with Kenton Bartlett. Uh, what is the name of your practice? Uh, I'm just Kenton Bartlett Counseling. Kenton Bartlett Counseling. Um, so before we get started, I what, do you want to say that uh, like Taproot Therapy is separate from Kenton's business, so we're not like endorsing all of uh, the things that he uses versus just kind of a talk about different ways to heal and grow and different methods of trauma treatment that are available in the city. Um, we usually carry a wait list for a smaller practice, so we refer to a lot of people in the community um, to get them where they need to go because we don't offer everything um, we can't. Uh, we want to kind of talk to the people who call and then get them with the person who can help them the most with sometimes as myofascial release, you know, uh, physical therapy is a part of trauma healing, sometimes as ketamine provider, like we talked to um, last week, Dr. Irons. Um, and then, um, can I guess like, if you want to tell us a little bit about your practice, sure, uh, it just sure. changed a little bit recently and like and how it works. Yeah, so I uh, so I, I just I'm a mental health counselor in the area and I work with uh, a lot of times with trauma and just with people who are a lot of times stuck with like depression or anxiety and different things. And the thing that I focus on doing is uh, ketamine assisted psychotherapy, uh, which is kind of a form of psychedelic therapy. I'm really into how different psychedelic compounds can be used, like with. Uh, just all, all kinds of psychedelics, right? And, um, and ketamine, I think, is a great resource because it's a legal thing that doctors can prescribe. And when it's done like in a, in a, like with a therapeutic context and in a therapeutic environment with like setup and trust and stuff, that it can really have a, a lot of positive benefit. Um, and so that, that's the, like the main thing that I do. And then I also do uh, a couple other kind of non-talk therapy techniques, which are brain spotting and EMDR. Yeah. Uh, and some of those are, are a little bit, um, some, some people have heard of, of those a little bit more. But, um, sure. Yeah. We do a lot of brain spotting and EMDR. Yeah, um, yeah. To, when, when you do brain spotting or EMDR, like my, my take on, which, you know, is not the you know, ultimate one, but like, it's like the EMDR is a little bit more targeted and that somebody's right. saying, even though you're starting in the body, you're starting with something, they're saying, you know, I want to process this thing. And you're kind of sitting on that one thing and pulling it out of the body up into consciousness real quick. And what you see in the room is what you get. Right. Whereas brain spotting is more, it's less guided. You know, like I don't, the patient may not know exactly what it is that they, is the trauma beneath the trauma. And I may not be smart enough as an analyst to figure that out. But you use the brain spotting to really open the place in the body brain where they're the most afraid to go. Right. You watch them drop down into something that maybe neither one of you would have gotten there by talking. Right. And then the processing's outside of the room, really. I mean, it's like sometimes, you know, up to a week or, or two, but usually a day or two of kind of weird dreams and body reactions and integrating that stuff. Right. Do you know, is that how you use EMDR and brain spotting? Or yeah, 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 yeah. I think that's a great sort of the difference between the two. And I think brain spotting, I, I kind of tend to personally prefer brain spotting as a, as a great starting point. Like one, uh, I don't know, I've heard the, the, kind of like goes to the part of your brain that's on fire. Is that yeah. is it a way it's described? Yeah, I think that's the worst pretty, place, the place under our life we don't think we can survive, you know? Right, right. And I think that's really accurate. So a lot of times people will come in and not really know what to work on or how to focus on something or how to tackle their issue. And it's like if we do brain spotting, a lot of times it'll kind of, yeah. get it started in a really good way and then i think emdr is really great if if you like are just stuck on one specific if you're stuck on a st specific belief or stuck on a specific like one specific memory or something sure. or maybe brain spotting hasn't done the trick we want to sort of mix it up a little bit uh, well i think that's why integrated medicine is so important is that it's not just like you know my advisor told me this works for everything and so i got trained in it and now i'm trying to do it to you but it's not working for your problem and so i'm kind of getting resentful or and that's where i see therapy kind of be damaging is the the, the 
either verbally or non-verbally the therapist is indicating to the patient that the patient is failing to you right, know right, therapy right. and then right. where it's like i feel like my job is having a big bag of tools so it's like we tried this at that you know if you hate it you, you should tell me because if it's not your favorite thing i want to know like it's not gonna hurt my feelings we put it down we get a new tool i haven't, haven't right. run out of tools to date but then that requires, you know, a lot of training and being in a lot of different kinds of therapy sure. and a, a curiosity, you yeah, know, yeah, 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 maybe yeah. a neurotic curiosity yeah. to learn too much stuff. Um, all about that. <laughs> sure. So, I mean, so we talked to Dr. Arnes last time, which is he was doing at Southern Ketamine and Wellness, like IV drips in the clinic. And you refer to him too, or are you familiar with him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're, they're, they're a great clinic there. So what they're doing is, you know, you go in for the hour of the ketamine drip and you do that for six to eight sessions, however many. What you're doing is a little bit different, and it's right. an oral ketamine? Yeah, yeah. so I, I work, I, I collaborate with a doctor who prescribes oral ketamine, and they come in little lozenges, mm -hmm. uh, and they come through the mail, basically. Um, or you can pick them up at any pharmacy you want, and it looks like an Altoid. And so then people bring their prescription. white? It's like yeah, a it's white, like a little white okay. Altoid thing. <laughs> What's it taste uh, like? Disgusting. Yeah, like people, some, they're, yeah. They're, they're really bad. Like yeah. an Altoid. Yeah, 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 yeah. Even worse. But, uh, yeah. but I think that their their tasting bad is really helpful in terms of addiction. Sure. Like people are like, am I going to get addicted to this? And if they taste the lozenge and they're like, nope, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and so, uh, so what I do that is a little bit different is just I'm all about the the therapeutic angle of it, and so really building trust with the person ahead of time, and so having like uh, four or five sessions just with like talking, like to get mm -hmm. to know each other, get to know their life story, to practice brain spotting, because it's mm -hmm. really similar in some ways to, to ketamine therapy, to go over the informed consent, to go over the flight instructions, which is like how to psychologically navigate sure. an altered state. And then when that trust is built, then then we they go to a different office, which is my psychedelic studio, uh, yeah. which is super cool. And, uh, and then the session's four hours long, and we do the first hour is kind of like meditation, how are you doing, let's talk about your intention, let's light some candles. And then they take the ketamine for about two uh, two hours is when sort of like people have these journeys or whatever. Okay. And then they come back from that and we start to talk about it and integrate it. Okay. And I think building the trust is really important because it allows people's unconscious to like settle and then you go deeper into it. And then it's just kind of a different framework, like how to use ketamine in a therapy way versus like in a, sure. in a like I'm, this is going to help manage my mood sort of way. Yeah. And in the therapy way, it's like you'd have one ketamine session and then you take that information, like whatever you got from the experience, and mm -hmm. you really work on integrating it into your life. So that could be changing your habits, changing your ways of thinking, maybe, yeah. I don't know, like it, it, it can be a lot, it's kind of like taking this abstract sure. dreamlike state and how do you make it practical yeah. in your day-to-day -day life, and how do you work like within, because ketamine like gives you a window where it's like giving you miracle grow for your brain, mm -hmm. and then you have this window where you can change more sure. easily and so if you really you're rewiring the connections about how we learn to feel emotion yeah. which you know maybe start in infancy and maybe even before that or epigenetic that yeah. it's an inherited you know that we we learn to start to feel emotion in this way right and, and vulnerability or anger or whatever is tied to my back is tied in this and that's bad so i have to you know and you're going back and you know loosening that wiring so if you want to work to learn a new way to feel you, you can exactly yeah. yeah 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 so it's great for just like changing the, the the wiring and everything you said you said something about from like a dreamlike state and yeah. i think it's like i remember listening to talks when i was at the beginning of like learning about the therapy and stuff and it's like really enjoying what these like old Jungian guys from the 70s were saying and like one of the things you'd hear analysts say is that like the patient doesn't change unless they're in this place that is 
and in between being asleep and being awake and you'll watch them hit that in the room and and I think what those guys were observing is like you can talk about something forever I mean you can almost get addicted or neurotic in, in analyzing and you get the analysis paralysis of like Mom is the reason I'm like this. Mom is the reason she made me feel small. Mom made me feel small. Mom made me feel small. And you're documenting and cataloging all the ways that shows up in your life, but you're not changing. And then you watch somebody get to a spot where they're like, oh, she made me feel small. And they feel it. And it's the felt experience. Going back in neuro-experiential treatment is what makes you change. So it seems like ketamine maybe makes you more open to going those places and having that kind of felt experience instead of a intellectual analytical absolutely yeah and i think it's that, that feeling is so essential and sure. what else i like about like both uh, ketamine and brain spotting and even emdr is that they're kind of all operating on the same principle of like mm-hmm. this inner healing intelligence thing which you might have mm-hmm. heard about you know which is like basically that we automatically in the right circumstances will go towards like a sort yeah. of a healing or, or self-improvement kind of thing sure and these uh modalities allow the the, the person to kind of just go go there right mm-hmm. and so then I, I think that really shifts the dynamic of like what should happen in therapy where a lot mm-hmm. of times people are like okay well I'm gonna go to a therapist they're gonna be this wizard and give me all the answers or something mm-hmm. I'm gonna talk about this thing that I've said again and again and again sure but then it's like no that we're gonna do this differently you know and it's like uh, just these different techniques that can create a sense of safety and the right environment and context where a person can really kind of like listen to themselves and tap into their inner wisdom mm-hmm. and also to feel the things that have been potentially blo- blocked for a long time. Sure, yeah. I, I mean, I think like we, we talk about like the, the subcortical brain being the lizard brain. It's like the oldest part and it's kind of designed to not need cognition, to not, it's beneath language. You know, the lizard yeah. sees this and it eats it or it runs or it jumps or it tries to mate or what, but there's an immediate body and emotional response. But with a lizard, you know, you can't teach it. You know, you can't. Whereas we as humans kind of have the ability to, okay, we have these emotional responses programmed, but we can loosen that wiring, go back into the subcortical brain and relearn how to feel what those responses are. Yeah. And maybe not necessarily by talking about it mm-hmm. um, forever, but we can learn to do that, which is the luxury the lizard does not have. Right you, know, you can't take the bearded dragon and turn it into a Komodo dragon or whatever. Like, Someone's you know, working so, on that. Though. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I haven't seen Jurassic Park yeah, 8 yeah. or whatever, but um, the we can go back in and change that, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, if anybody wants to find out more about how to do the ketamine um, therapy or, or work with the you, what you, drug or psychedelic-assisted psychotherapy that, that you have available at your practice, what do, they, what do they need to do? Yeah, so just go to my website, which is kentonbartlettcounseling.com, K-E-N-T-O-N-B-A-R-T-L-E-T-T-counseling.com, and I'm happy to talk about other psychedelic uh, therapies or legal options to, to do them. Um, even even locally, there's some, some different options that people can sort of look into, but uh, sometimes it's, it's helpful to talk about that in person and get people's experience and, and what, what they're looking for, really, so we can go into that. And my email address is also on the website. Sure. Um, yeah. And since we uh, shot the video last time uh, with Dr. Irons talking about the IV ketamine, maybe can you give me the biggest difference between doing the IV ketamine with the, at the anesthesia clinic versus doing the, or he's an anesthesiologist, but I guess it's chronic pain or something clinic, yeah. versus doing it, um, you know, in your setting with the oral, um, you know, two hour. Sure, sure. Uh, I mean, talent. I think the the biggest difference is uh, like one is in a medical setting. So, you, so like if you're concerned about medical things or wanting doctor oversight and nurse oversight, uh, that that's really helpful to do it there. Um, but uh, but another difference is kind of like philosophic. Even though like in, in my studio I have like safety things like a defibrillator and we take blood pressure and we do an mm-hmm. EKG and there's all, all kinds of safety stuff there. But like I think the biggest difference is almost like the philosophy of it. So mm-hmm. like a lot of times 
um, in a, like using ketamine in, in an IV clinic, or whatever the philosophy a lot of times is that this is going to help change your brain chemicals, and there's evidence to support that. But in uh, the way I do it, or whatever, like a ketamine-assisted psychotherapy, the philosophy is kind of like, this is sort of uh, something that you take that's going to allow all of your emotions and unconscious material to come up, and we're going to work with it and change your habits. Mm -hmm. And it's all about our relationship together and sort mm -hmm. of like what, what progress you can make as an accelerant to therapy. So cool. a lot of the biggest difference is kind of a philosophy uh, difference. And also just being in the, the psychedelic studio that I have, it's like a four-hour experience where it's like, you know, you're in a recliner, so you're comfortable, you don't have wires over you, there's music, like surround mm -hmm. sound, you don't have to wear headphones, there's cool lights, you know, mm -hmm. and, and stuff that you can look at and hopefully get inspired by during it. Sure, and when you are when you do that, um, do you feel like psychotherapy beforehand to kind of help conceptualize what you're working on or what you want to do, or maybe brain spotting or EMDR to start to, to dip your toe in the water of what it feels like to go those places right, right, right. would that be beneficial to do before or yeah i think i think it's essential I, it, either where you go i think having uh, some sort of therapeutic uh, support beforehand and afterwards can be helpful mm -hmm. um and i think uh brain spotting is a great tool and that's why i incorporate it in the preparation sessions because a lot of times it starts the process or or like material will come up that then sort of continues and i think it's really important because it underlines the fact that like the person themselves, like you are the medicine. Mm -hmm. It's not the ketamine, it's not the drug or something. It's like we are on some sort of process that we're in in our lives mm -hmm. and you don't necessarily need, you know, like even a psychedelic or something to, to sort of fix you or something. Sure, yeah. It's very you know, holistic and integrative that we kind of know deep down what we want. It's just are we willing to face our fears enough to be able to go through them and, and have that and, you know, be whole. Right, know? right, right. Which is a hard thing to be sometimes. <laughs> yeah well thank you uh I, if you guys are listening on the podcast these are also available on youtube you can go to gettherapybirmingham.com to for, find out more about trauma resources available in birmingham um, thank you so much right. thanks